0: Welcome back to The Mental Health Commute with Dr. Walt Duffy and Matt Duffy. Last episode, we talked about silence as deafening, and towards the end of that episode, we discussed that once you break the silence, things might actually get worse at first. That can be scary, and Matt had some specific thoughts on that. He always has a little bit different take on things.
1: Yeah, just thinking about it and... Some of the processes I've heard or seen when people initially break the silence is, I think it depends on how the silence gets broken, how it comes up. Is it a self-decision or is it an intervention? <laughs> Those type of things. And initially, I think people experience, whether they're having the conversation with themselves or it's being brought to them, is the way that you're dealing with this isn't working, which for a lot of people then the way they hear it right communication versus what people hear we talk about this doesn't always go is ultimately you're failing and what's your reaction to being told you're a failure
0: my own initial reaction if I'm told my failure I one of two things usually either you want to retreat right go crawl under a rock or sometimes you want to come out and fight and say and prove that the other person's wrong or not even fight but just go prove them wrong for example, I was born with flat feet and I was told I'd never run. So I be- started, I became a distance runner, you know, that's just sort of funny. So
1: some people you tell them you can't do something and it motivates them to be able to do that. It puts you into fight or flight Yeah. and some people flight and some people fight. Uh-huh. Right? I think where we're talking the initial phase of why seeking treatment or going through treatment at times you have to get worse. There's the worse Isn't the meds going to make you worse. It's something's going to make you feel worse right?
0: Isn't that interesting? Feeling worse means that you might be feeling better. That's sort of an oxymoron, that by feeling worse, you're actually getting better.
1: Yeah, when this comes up, you know, the easy example is cancer. If I was going to treat you based on how you felt, we would never give chemo, because chemo (laughs) just demoralizes, right? You lose your hair. Nausea. Nausea. I mean, you're The feeling versus the outcome often don't align, and it's helping people understand that how you feel isn't, in the short term, isn't how we're going to measure or determine whether or not we're getting to the end goal. And you said what I see as a very key word there. In our
0: culture, our society, it's often ingrained in us somehow that the word help is associated with weakness. Asking for help, needing to seek help, must mean that I have a big weakness. When a lot of times what we're working with people is actually it's a huge strength to be able to ask for help. Saying I might need some extra guidance on how to do this. I don't know. I've been plugging along and I'm surviving and I'm able to do some of the day-to-day, but I'm not that happy. And there's a lot of things maybe I'm not able to do that I wish I could do. And if I could just reach out and get some help, somebody could
1: be sort of the partner guide with me on
0: that journey, I might be able to get there. I
1: think it flows back into a lot of these things are if I have to ask for help, that means I'm not succeeding or my plans are not successful or however I was going to go about this. So I have to be willing to say that I need help because I can't do it, whether that's I don't have the skill set or I can't do it alone There's a myriad of reasons why people can't do things, and in certain situations, it's easier than others. The more personal things are, the frequent example people always give is that we don't have to deal with anymore because we have GPS on our phones as well. Men would never ask for directions, right? As the man, you know, I'm supposed to be in control of the situation. I'm supposed to know how to navigate the world and everything so if i can't even get us to the store how am i gonna supposed to communicate to her that i can get us through life yeah so now i can avoid that because i just
0: have to be smart enough to know to buy a car that already has it built-in so i really still
1: don't have to ask for directions it's just out there on the screen (laughs) if you'll use it right (laughs) now we get the people who well i won't even use the gps because that's asking for help But it's sort of interesting because when you look at peak athletes, everybody knows they have
0: trainers, people in Hollywood. They have their trainers. They have their people who answer their mail. They have their makeup artists. They they have a whole litany of folks, and the elite athletes have the same. Nutritionists. I mean, if you aren't doing those things in those realms, you're sort of looked at like, why aren't you doing that? But in getting emotional help, people sort of reverse that somehow and go, well, no, that's a weakness. I shouldn't be doing that. Sort of interesting when we're looking at exterior things, getting help is seen as a positive. When we're looking at some of the interior things, all of a sudden it becomes a weakness in some people's minds.
1: One of the ways that we were couching it that I think applies somewhat to the the athlete example and things is, when do you get the validation? So if I'm a pro athlete, Nobody cares how much help I got if I go win the MVP, win the Super Bowl, win the championship. And I get my validation that everything I did was worth it. But I think a lot of times in the emotional and other realms, it's where'd I get the validation? Going back to the driving example, I'm lucky that I haven't been in this, but a scenario that I think pops up most of their movies that I can pull from is the husband goes and asks for directions, gets back in the car, and the wife says, well, see if you just would listen to me. So I don't get any validation that what I did was correct, I just get more negative feedback. If I'm going to get negative feedback either way, maybe no feedback or no positive affirmation, then why would I ever go ask for help because it's not changing my experience? Right. The validation is an interesting one, and that sort of jumps back to one of the previous episodes
0: where we talked about the valedictorian of the class who gave his speech, and you know he worked so hard to become valedictorian And for 16 seconds, he felt great when he received that. And that 17th second, he goes, I've worked for all this and now it's (laughs) it's over. Oh, I gave up all these other things. Everybody's different in seeking validation, but most people need some ongoing validation. Winning the MVP one time and then never getting any validation after that isn't going to lead to a really happy, successful life for most people. It's
1: sort of getting, how do I get some of that ongoing feedback of validation? Yeah, it's the, what have you done for me lately? If you haven't won the MVP lately, why would I give you validation? But on the player's end, it's, well, you haven't given me recognition lately, so you haven't done anything for me lately. So why is it that positive validation
0: compared to negative comments is really a pretty weak reinforcer? If you look at it, I might say seven really positive things to you. Over the course of three weeks a month. But then I also have three sort of biting comments, you know, for some reason. And I just bet that it's going to be two or three of those biting comments that just stick in your brain or in your crawl, people say. And those seven ones now are, yeah, I can't, find, I can't even pull them up because
1: your mind has just dismissed them. If I had to guess... Because, I mean, this is what people have tried to figure out for years, right? They used to say sandwich method. Give a positive if you're going to give a negative and then end it with a positive so that people feel like they're not only failing. And I think they've gone away from that because it didn't work. Especially once people find out that that's what you're doing because everywhere publishes, hey, this is how you you communicate. People go, oh, you don't really mean the positives anymore.
0: Well, that's okay if it's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. If it's an anchovy sandwich, I'm not buying it. (laughs)
1: I think part of it is probably that there's been so much communication around how to deliver negatives that people disbelieve the positives now. And a lot of people are uncomfortable receiving positive comments out of the blue, right? There's an assumption that there's something behind them. You're going to ask me for something later. Motive to why you're giving me positive other than just to give me positive. And the other one is that I think if I give a negative, that's a problem. And if I'm never told that I resolved the problem, then I'm just assuming that that problem is persistent. So if I'm given a negative feedback at work, if I feel like I fixed it, but no one ever comes and says, oh, yeah, you resolved the issue, then I perceive everyone else is continuing to tell me that it's a problem. If you grow
0: up, and this gets back to some of, this happened when, during around the time when you were being raised, all the participation trophies, never used red ink on the papers, Then you never learn to deal as you're growing up with any negative comments, reinforcements, losing. You know, I remember growing up, that was just, yeah, we had red marks, you know, teacher would write. I mean, there'd be positive comments on the paper too. Of course, your, your mind's eye is driven to the red marks, but it wasn't made to make you feel bad. It's just a way you could improve. Or if you didn't get a ribbon during some event and somebody else did, you know, that was okay. And so you learned it. To deal with, you know, not winning every time, not having the best paper, making mistakes. And you know what? The teacher still showed up the next day and uh, wasn't yelling at you, wasn't treating you any differently. The people you were on the team with weren't treating you any differently. So you learned, for most of us, that life has good and bad, right? And you don't always win. But you need to be able to learn to deal with difficult times because we're all going to have difficult times.
1: You know, what pops into my brain talking about all that is I was talking to mom not too long ago about how to raise kids. I'm like, oh, you guys might have done a successful job. So give me some pointers. And she said what's really was difficult for her to realize is people remember the things that happen out of the ordinary. So she said, you know, if you raise a family in a positive environment, the kids mostly remember the negatives. But if kids are raised in negative environments, they remember the positives. They stick out more. So well, the, they stick out more. Yeah. The one time my father took me for ice cream is a real vivid memory.
0: I really did try to get that in one
1: time. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if part of it might be that for our generation, we were so oversaturated with positive. that positive was just supposed to be the normal. No, you always get a trophy no matter what you do. You never get the red. So now the negatives are so loud and the positives are just seen as normal, that we don't get the the balance, right? You're supposed to be at the middle and the the positives outweigh the negatives because they're equal loudness on the opposite spectrum. But if we've taken away the impact of the positive by saying, no, that should just be normal, then the negative really speaks so much louder that it's harder to balance back. But
0: as a parent, I thought it was so interesting when you got, you know, I'll say you guys, because we had three sons, still have three sons. When you, any of you encountered something negative, difficult, you know, your mom and I thought it was really important that you all go through that, that we didn't solve it for you. And maybe it wasn't always the correct way to do it, but just going through that experience was extremely valuable for, for each of you. Sometimes it was uh, difficult for us on <laughs> different levels because you guys were not happy at home during those times. But you learn how to deal with those types of situations.
1: I was trying to go more general population when you were making the I know comments that. about everything. So Let's talk about the population base. I know that we're, that's where you wanted to go. So
0: when we talk about that, what's really interesting to me, and this talks about how resilient some people are versus others. We don't have a magic wand to say, if you go through this experience, you'll come out and not have issues. And somebody else will go through that same experience, and they will have issues. You know, we're getting there. People are looking at genes and... But there's always going to be an interplay of somebody's gene and their environment, right? That's for most things. That's going to happen. Some people go through a lot of trauma in their life, and they're able to come out on the other end of that and lead very successful lives and not have that define them. Other people go through the similar traumas, and it just becomes so ingrained as part of them and such a negative experience.
1: It's very difficult for them to hear the, the positives. Both people are defined by it, Mm -hmm. but one person turns it into a a positive for their life, and they use it as a motivation, where the other person, it just suffocates them. I would say that's a good way to put that. Yes. It's not necessarily that people aren't affected. Mm -hmm. It's how do they deal with what is affecting them. That's something that I think when we, we talk about it as a society, we assume both people have the same capabilities. Which is why it becomes, well, look, if that person could go through it and turn it into a positive, why can't you? And this gets back into where we started, which is essentially saying, well, you could have been that, so you're failing by not being that. And this internal communication of purposeful or not, a certain segment of the population that's not, their genetics aren't designed to operate the same way, constantly being compared to something that they can't be, and just being told over and over, why can't you be successful
0: that's all so interesting i know we need to wrap up pretty soon when you're going through things like coaching leadership training how to train your staff there's been sort of sometimes a movement away from well you need to correct weaknesses and now it's more on strength building right what are your strengths and building on those however if there's certain weaknesses that really will take away from those strengths because for you they're sort of defining in a negative way then it's really important to get help with that how can you turn that into a positive or at least turn it
1: into it's not bringing you down i think where we can go in the future and we've kind of addressed this in past episodes is when we initially got into this discussion of someone feeling like a failure if they need help where we were going initially was well once they're in treatment why are they feeling like a failure because they've already come for help and what came into my brain is, yeah, you but know, what about the people who feel like they're succeeding and they're having their support systems come to them and say, you need help? And that was a population I think more initially Here's the slap in the face, oh, you're failing. Okay. And how does that, how are the approaches different? Because we've talked before about how to approach your kids or how to approach someone who you think needs help. And I think this is a big part of it is how do you not communicate to someone that just, you're a failure. So that gets back to one of those episodes of how do you talk somebody into getting help when
0: they might not be wanting to seek help or they don't realize that there's a need for it, right? And so we can talk about that as we go forward. But thank you for joining us this episode of The Mental Health Commute. Be sure to subscribe, download, and please give us a review. We would like that. And send in any comments or topics you would like us to talk about, and we'd be happy to address those in future episodes. Thank you very much.